This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Do not bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome to season two, episode, what are we at? Three of the four. episode four of the uh, Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Yes. Rob, how were you? How, uh, how was your weekend in uh, Los Angeles? You went home, right? You went home this weekend? <laughs> home to LA, LA Rob. <laughs> Back at it again. It was over the top awesome, despite the dystopian thing with the bleakness of the fires. I'm sure you've seen pictures. LA is not San Francisco, but it's still. That was kind of weird, but um, nice Labor Day weekend. Got to see family. I ate really well. I had like a, like a seafood boil, real spicy. It was nice. Very, very good. Yeah, I actually stumbled on your dad's Instagram uh, this weekend. Fantastic mm-hmm. Instagram. Really great at stuff. Um, but uh, very nice. I was actually on the West Coast as well. I uh, went to Vegas, signed up for some uh, NFL betting contests um and hung out with some some mutual friends of ours and yeah back back here really excited for football uh and kind of the format for today's show is going to be different than what we'll do week in week out today we are going to talk very very briefly about each game uh just to kind of we don't really have too much of insight because essentially the last podcast is all the insight i had from all summer long that's not going to change just because it's game week um, so we're just going to kind of look at a question for each team, uh, as we kind of go through the odds for, for each game, maybe, maybe a minute, uh, no more than three, four minutes for each game. And then hopefully get you out of here. I'm trying to keep podcasts around 30 minutes. Uh, but what we'll do in the future is uh, I'm only going to talk about games where I feel like I have a real good insight instead of fun, kind of forcing it. Um, you know, if I had to talk about all 16 games every single week, uh, I would just have fluff for, for an unfortunate percentage of them. And the best part about betting is we do not have to bet on every game. Now, tonight, I'm sure, you know, some people, they're going to they're gonna have a beverage. They're going to put $20 on, on the Chiefs or whatever they want to do. That's great. That's fine. But in terms of uh, if we're trying to make, you know, an actual money at this, the, the biggest advantage we have is the fact that we don't have to bet every game. Uh, so with that in mind, should we, uh, should we get started? Or is there anything you want to talk about? Did you get me anything in L.A., Rob, or, or what? No, I, I didn't get you anything. Um, I did, I barely thought about you. I thought about the podcast. Uh, I did pitch the podcast to a couple couple people. Shout out if they're if they're listening. Uh, but no, I, I did get some compliments over the past week over over last week. So I, I didn't really do that much per normal. So that's mostly a compliment to you. You got compliments about things outside of the podcast, or like. No, 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 about the podcast, dude. Oh, oh, you just said I got compliments. So I, I, oh, like, I, I, I was going to say, wow, I remember my first compliment. But, yeah, me oh, too. About the podcast. Oh, okay. Swah, swah. Okay. All right. So tonight's game, uh, the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, um, it's a nine and a half spread. It really hasn't changed. The, the major sports books uh, had this about nine and a half in midsummer. It's nine and a half now. Uh, Total's not really changed. About It's the highest of the week. It's uh, 53 and a half points. Uh, it's floated between 54, 53 and a half points. But yeah, it's not really changed. It shows you how good uh, the market makers are and the betters really are to hammer this into the in the right position. 
Um, biggest question for the Texans is they're losing DeAndre Hopkins. They traded their star wide receiver um, to the Arizona Cardinals. They got David Johnson in a second-round pick. Um, first of all, running backs don't matter, and, and it really looks like David Johnson is, is past his prime, which is unfortunate because he was a really great player. Maybe he's not, uh, but the Texans have kind of been doing this um, you know, selling the future to win now and, and their bills kind of come and do, uh, they, they traded two first round picks for the Larry, T- Larry Tunzel shout out. He a rebel, um, you know, and, and they just don't have the depth that really you need, uh, to, to build a c- consistent winner. And that's kind of coming to, uh, you know, coming due now. So, uh, the biggest thing is how will Deshaun Watson, who's, an, who's a top five quarterback, uh, you know, how will he do without his favorite target? Uh, how will they do without the, the, you know, the depth that most NFL teams have, they do have some star players, JJ Watt, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, I mean, great players are great positions to have them in, but they, they, you know, often injured things of that nature. So that's kind of the question for the Texans moving forward. Uh, the chiefs, um, this is a secret between only the listeners, but, uh, Patrick Mahomes is good at football. Um, and, and he reads a hell of a coach. Uh, they return, I think, 19 starters from the team that won the Super Bowl. They were the best team last year. Um, they're, if not the best team, they are right behind the Ravens for the second best team, and, and it's really not even close when if you compare them to the third team. Um, I, really, it's just keeping Mahomes healthy, uh, keeping as much status quo as possible. Um, if if I had to pick one team to go to the Super Bowl, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that's not you know a, a bold take at all, um, but they they are as consistent as it gets. They have great coaching. Um, so, of course, that means they'll probably lose tonight uh, by 50. So, we shall see. Uh, but that, that's the first game we'll cover tonight. Um, moving on, next game on the board, we have the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Uh, some places is a seven-point spread. It opened as a seven-point spread. Now it's kind of down to six and a half. I think seven points is a lot of points for this uh, these two teams, being especially a division game. Division games are usually closer. Uh Patriots obviously have Bill Belichick. They do not have Tom Brady anymore. Uh, biggest question for the Patriots is Cam Newton. They get him very late in the offseason, kind of fall to him in, in such a like an eerie way. Um, it's an incentive-laden deal. He's highly motivated. Belichick's highly motivated in terms of uh, you know trying to prove that it's not just Brady why they were so good. Uh, but, man, that's a lot of points. Uh, Patriots have, I think, maybe seven or eight new starters on defense given between COVID and free agency. So they, it, it's really a wait and see if I had to bet this game. I, for most of these games, I do not have, I'm not going to put any money behind it just because it's so, we don't really know what the hell is going to happen. No preseason, all, all this stuff. Um, this is not a game I'm going to bet, but I was forced to bet. I would take six and a half of the dolphins. Um, the Dolphins, they, they have question marks of their own, but they're good question marks. No team has improved more than the Dolphins from last year. Uh, they weren't necessarily good last year. They were a, they were one of the worst teams. Uh, but they, they added a ton through free agency. They added a ton through draft picks. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to be at their peak week one. They still got to gel. They still got to find an identity. Um, but, you know, they have Tua waiting in the wings. Right now they're going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a, a gunslinger mentality. Uh, type of quarterback, so it's high variance. Uh, so he may might throw some pick sixes, but he can also throw for five touchdowns in a game. Uh, so it would just be interesting to see how they all gel. Uh, the good thing for Miami is is they don't have to do it this year. They they have draft picks in the future. They have young players all around. Um, so they're going to take a wait and see approach. Uh, but like I said, I would take the six and a half with the Dolphins if I was forced to. 
next did, game here. Did you say that the this, that was a lot of points? Yes. So six and a half points is is a lot of points. So you're reading the New England Patriots and you're thinking the last uh, like 15 years, which is totally, totally logical. Um, the New England Patriots, I have them power rated as the eighth best team this year. So, and I'm actually a little bit, little bit higher than average for most people. Most people are right about the ninth or tenth best team. But yeah, they're they're like the they're like the eighth best team in my rankings. Um, so yeah, six and a half points, especially when you're playing in division, in division mm-hmm. game. There's more familiarity. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm glad you stopped me. And it's one of the lower totals of the of the week. So it's the totals at 42. So it's one of the predicted to be one of the lower scoring games. So essentially, if you're getting six and a half points, if you're the underdog and you're getting six and a half points, um, that's more points than say six and a half points. If it was supposed to be the total was uh, let's say fifty three or fifty four, like it is in the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because just a, a matter of percent, right? It's a matter yep. of percent. So um, yeah, yeah, I did say that that is a lot of points for the scenario. For the scenario, is there anything else that was interesting about that to you, Rob? It's crazy to me. This hasn't moved that much over. Well, I don't know if it's if it's got the same like history behind this, the total and the the spread that the Thursday night game does. But like, how many people are missing on defense? Like, who are the Patriots putting out on the field on defense? Yet the market is so so sharp at uh, and making those discounts and figuring out what's going on there. It's kind of wild. Yes, yes, it is, and. Um... Yeah, you know the market is sharp. Uh, that's the thing about the NFL is is if you wake up Sunday mornings and you think you're going to beat the NFL market, I mean, just betting against the spread, uh, you're, you're not. It's so efficient Sunday mornings. Uh, you, you're going to get value on breaking news, you know, midweek. A lot of times you'll get your best odds the week before, uh, but the, the you know you can get um, serious serious money down in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, any other sport, it, it, it doesn't really even compare. You know, maybe like for example, college basketball, you can get a lot of money down. Uh, you know, during the t- the tournament, especially like Sweet Sixteen games, Final Four games. But like for regular season games, there's nothing that compares to the NFL. I mean, you can get you can get six figures down without a problem. Uh, whereas any other sport, even NBA, it would have to be like NBA Finals to get type of that uh, mm-hmm. comparable amount amount down. Um, yeah, next game is the the Browns at the Ravens. Um, this has been as high as 10, 10 and a half right now. It's sitting around seven or eight key numbers in football. I I'm, I'm glad Rob's here to, to stop me cause I I'm living my little bubble, but, uh, so to me, it's painfully obvious, but key numbers are seven and 10 Sen- seven is the most, uh, or second most important number. Three is the most important number because more games are decided by three points than any other. Uh, seven's obviously important because of a touchdown. Uh, but with the two point conversion being a little bit more common, it's, it's devalued the sevens and sometimes the eight or the six, uh, come into play a lot more with the two point conversions. So it used to be like a 99%, you know, people would make the, the extra point. Now it's closer to 94, 93. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll get, you'll get kind of the random numbers, but still more, excuse me, more random numbers. Um, but yeah, this, the seven and the 10 are the most important. Or I mean, the three and the seven are the most important. Ten is another important one. Four is another important one. Um, you'll have dead numbers. So like five is a dead number because it's not really of any value. Six is slightly value. Four is slight value, but five is a dead number. So for example, you'll see a you'll see a line go from four to six a lot quicker than you'll see it go from six to seven, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, because it's crossing a dead number. 
Um, so, so yeah, th this has had some movement over the key, the key numbers. Uh, Ravens have been, been over that touchdown mark. I doubt this will get under a touchdown. If it, if it gets to Ravens minus six and a half, I will bet on the Ravens. Um, I think seven's a proper number. I, at seven, I would take the Ravens if I had to. Um, I, I wouldn't touch the Browns unless it was 10. I think the Ravens are the, are the, if not the best team, the second best team there with the chiefs. And they're really not in a, it's not really close, you know, to, to the third team, as I just mentioned with the chiefs. Uh, one thing about the Browns, they got a brand new coach, their coach last year for the Browns. They were absolutely, it was the worst Freddie kitchens, probably the worst NFL coach in the last 10 years. Um, so they got Kevin Stefanski from the Vikings. He was the offensive coordinator. He is going to help this team. The, the real question is, is how much is he going to help them? Uh, that being said, week one, you know, it's important to uh, not have all of your season long thoughts put out there just for week one. So for example, I'm actually pretty high on the Browns relative to market, but because it's Stefanski's first game, you know, ever as a coach, that's a very good angle to kind of fade. So incorporating that, incorporating, you know, it's a road game with all the travel, things of that nature, you know, this hasn't happened yet. Um, this is what wouldn't be an angle um, to, to bet the Browns. Plus, I'm really not look. I, I, you know, I'm going to need a hell of a reason to bet against the Ravens this year, uh, unless they prove otherwise. Um, so that the big question of the Browns is they're going to improve by default. The question is how much do they improve? And I think they have a relatively high ceiling. Um, so that's what we'll watch out for the new coach, Kevin Stefanski. Can he, can he unlock Baker Mayfield's potential? Uh, Odell Beckham, the whole offense, really the Ravens. Can they take that next jump and, and can Lamar Jackson become an elite passer? He was a good passer last year. He was a great runner, but can he become an elite passer? Uh, they have great coaching in Baltimore. Um, uh, they, they scheme the whole thing around Lamar Jackson's strengths, uh, which I think is very wise to do. And I, I, there is room to improve. Doesn't mean they will, but there is room to improve. There is a little room for regression too. They were fourteen and two last year, which is insanely difficult to do in the NFL. Um, but, but yeah, they'll be fun to watch. Um, you know, how do they protect um, Lamar Jackson? They have a, almost all return, returning starters as well uh, on offense. They lost Hall of Future Hall of Fame uh, lineman Marshall Yonda. But other than that, they return everybody. They also added a. Second round pick, J.K. Dobbins, a running back. Um, they're they're going to be dynamic. They're going to be dynamic. Uh, the next uh, game we have is the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. So we kind of talked about this where I'm not too high on the Jets as a whole for the year. But it, in terms of week one, uh, the Jets plus six and a half is something I kind of like more. I, I It's not enough for me to bet it. If it gets to seven, I will pull the trigger on it at seven. Um, Talent-wise, these teams are not, they, you know, Buffalo is not six and a half points better. Even let's say if you gave two points for home field advantage, which home field advantage is really hard to quantify this year because there's no fans. Um, you know, how much is that going to affect referees calls? How much is that not going to affect? Um, but let's just say we're, we're generous and give it full uh, two points. Um, the, the bills are not four and a half points better than the jets right now. The big con for the Jets is I think they're going to crumble mid-year because of their coaching. But in terms of talent-wise, um, it, it's not this big of a discrepancy. Also, if you look at the total, it's the lowest total on the board, 39.5 points. So not only are you getting 6.5 points with the Jets, you're getting 6.5 points with um, you know a very low expected total for the game. Uh, so that's a higher percentage of the total points being scored. Uh, so yeah, if this somehow got to 7, I would pull the trigger on it. 
so the the biggest thing for the Jets is is can they can they have uh, get started well because um, they have the talent. For me, the Jets they're going to crumble because they have a terrible coach. They just traded their best defensive player to the Seahawks. They're building for the future. Uh, you know, if he, if he has to be a lame duck coach, I think there, there's going to be mutiny. Uh, you know, but that that's a narrative based more than a technical analysis, right? That's more than the, you know, talent wise, the Jets are are not far from a 500 team. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, they're probably going to be a playoff team. Uh, they don't have the highest ceiling in the world. Uh, Josh Allen, their quarterback, isn't that great. He's not terrible. He can move around a little bit, uh, but but he, he's he's no superstar. This isn't a team. Buffalo Bills can't, in my opinion, can't go to a Super Bowl. They could win a division. They could they could maybe win a game in the playoffs. Um, but to me, you know, if they play the Chiefs or the Ravens, they just they can't really hold a candle to them. Um, so yeah, that those are my thoughts for for that uh, division game. Also, another thing. Like I said, division games um, that usually favors the underdog, just because there's so much more familiarity. Uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, moving on to the next game, it's a phrase I've wanted to say for a while. Officially, the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to gorgeous Charlotte, North Carolina, and playing the Carolina Panthers. So the Carolina Panthers um, at home, they were initially favored by a point, but now the Raiders are favored. Some places three points, other places two and a half. Um, a big reason for this is just the Panthers are super, super young. They let all their guys who were kind of over the hill, they let them go. Uh, they were bought by uh, the, the Panthers were, have a new owner, David Tepper, and he is completely committed to uh, building this the right way. So if you're a Panthers fan out there, I actually do feel I think I have a couple friends who, who are listeners who are Panthers fan, uh, fans that you should be happy with this. It's, it's not 2020. You're not going to be happy. But um, they drafted. I think it's the first time I've ever seen this. Their entire draft was all defensive players. They didn't take one offensive player. Um, they signed Teddy Bridgewater to be their quarterback. Um, they they're they're essentially just letting this year be kind of like a tryout. And they have a brand new coach, Matt Rule, who turned around the program at Baylor, turned around the program at Temple. Obviously, that's college football. Uh, but Temper handpicked this guy, the owner handpicked this guy to lead a rebuild. And he, he's not, you know, this is a big wall street guy. So you, you should be a Panthers fan there, Rob. He, he's a hedge fund manager. Um, he, he's, he's got that a rab money. Uh, I don't know if you could say that anymore, but, but yeah, he's, he's wealthy. Um, uh, and, but he, he's doing it the right way and, and they're not doing it for this year. So that's why you kind of see the Raiders being favored. Uh, the Raiders are not a good team, but you know, Matt rule, this is his first, uh, year as a head coach uh, in the NFL. This is his first game. There's no preseason games. It has more to do with that than, hey, the Raiders being really good or, or something of that nature. Uh, the Panthers are going to be a bottom 10 team. There's no doubt about it this year, but they're going to improve as the year goes on. Uh, the Raiders, the, I, I'd be shocked if they were 500, um, but they do have John Gruden, who has been a coach for, for a while. Um, they have consistency at the coordinator position, at the quarterback position. So there's less variables at play. Um, that being said, they're going across the country to play the, the you know, a team they really don't play often, a, a conference foe um, or a non-conference foe, excuse me. So I would stay away from this game. Uh, gun to my head, if I had to pick it, I would take Carolina plus three. But um, yeah, I, I, this is a game I'm going to learn a lot from, but I, I wouldn't put any money behind. Um, next game, actually a game I do have fairly strong conviction about. We have the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Atlanta Falcons. This game opened around a pick'em. Seattle is now a two and a half uh, point favorite 
probably will close as a three-point favorite. Remember, we said three points is a very key number. Uh, so that means money is moving that from pick them to three. A uh, big reason why the the odds have changed in the summer is because the Seattle Seahawks traded for Jamal Adams from the Jets, probably a top two, top three safety in the league. Um, so that's a huge trade. They gave up a lot of future assets. I think the Jets actually won that trade. Um, but in terms of 2020 cents, especially week one, uh, it vastly improved the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks this year. Another reason I like this is this is a battle of two great offenses and you're getting the better quarterback if you're betting on, on Seattle. Russell Wilson is – I have actually a lot of respect for Matt Ryan. I think he's the most heavily owned uh, quarterback I have on my fantasy teams. Uh, but Russell Wilson is the better quarterback here. Um, the weapons are pretty similar offensively. The biggest difference is Atlanta's defense is, is pretty much a joke. And Seattle's is it's pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good, especially the secondary. They don't they don't get a lot of pass rush, which is very important in the NFL. But their secondary is great, especially with the addition of Jamal Adams. But Russell Wilson against a weak, weak defense, um, I will take that, especially under a, a, a under a uh, field no. goal, which is yeah, a field goal, which is very important. Uh, yeah, I. I I'm looking at betting on this. Uh, like I said, I I probably will take this if I, I'm looking at some injury reports tomorrow. Um, but if I had to pick one side that I, if I had to say I'll probably have, it would be Seattle minus uh, two and a half. Uh, for the Falcons, the biggest question is they're kind of in this eight and eight purgatory. I talked about this the last podcast, uh, but they they um, need to find a defense. They need to find an identity. They they just don't have a high enough ceiling to kind of get to competing with with uh, the elites in the NFC, I feel. Uh, before we get to move on to the Washington football team, is there anything that stood out to you about any of the previous games there, Rob? It sounds like the pattern is you maybe almost prefer in-division games, even if they're closer, just because there's a level of predictability there. Games like Raiders-Panthers, it's just like too much noise, too much going on there to – to get a read that would be anything sharper than, than what the markets got going on. Absolutely. And, and week one is notoriously tough anyways. Um, but it's even harder this year with no preseason and whatnot. So like I said, I, I'll be shocked if I had more than three or four bets this week. Um, and if you do bet, I, I suggest betting lightly for two reasons. One, because it's good. It's good to have a little skin in the game. You're just going to watch more intently. And you're going to watch, you know, a little bit more truthfully when you have skin in the game. That's just human nature. Um, but another good reason is, is you can live bet. So let's say, you know, for example, I got, you know, I bet the Seattle pregame and then I'm watching the game and man, they look like shit and Atlanta looks good. Well, with all this uncertainty, you don't need much evidence to hey, say, hey, you know, I'll, I'm just going to go take the other side and, because that, you know, we saw this the other day, Navy and, um, and BYU were playing. And they were pretty much a pick them, but BYU won 45 to three. Well, there was a report out there that Navy had not been tackling at practice all, all preseason. <laughs> and if you were watching the game at all, it looked just like that. So that's just one of those things where I'm watching this game and it's like, don't overthink this. It's holy shit. You know, this team looks like, you know, it's men amongst boys out there. So that's another reason out there. You're going to have skin in the game. You're going to be watching intently. Um, you know, it, 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 don't be afraid to go the complete other way on a bet because that happens week one in a normal week one. 
but especially with all the uncertainty here. Um, yeah, you're right about the the consistency and, and things of that nature. But for most of these games, I won't have any money on it. I will have money on this game. This is actually my first official bet of the year. The Washington football team hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Washington football team should feel plenty at home with no fans in the stands. I wrote that one down. Um, actually, there's legitimately usually more Eagles fans at their home games than, than the uh, than, than the what used to be Redskins fans. Uh, but uh, I, I like the first half under in this game. The Redskins they freaking they're they're not a good team. But they did get a new coach. They cut a lot of their cancerous type players, veteran players who weren't helping them. And they do have about a top three, top five pass rush. The Eagles have uh, offensive line injuries. Uh, they also have wide receiver injuries. Um, and here's the other thing, you know, offenses are you can expect a slow start with some of these offenses without having live action. Um, and the Redskins offense in general is not good. Um, Eagles defense is, is solid, top top 10, top 12. Um, so I'm getting, you know, two, two good to above average defenses, but especially, um, we have a weakness for a strong defensive line with the, with the Redskins and a, and a bad offensive line or a banged up offensive line with the Eagles. Um, so I do like the first half under 21 points. Uh, one of the reasons I like to, to take first half unders rather than full game unders is because, you know, the NFL, you, you play more optimally usually when you, you're you kind of forced to. The more optimal way to play football, if you just look at it mathematically, you should be throwing more. But uh, we're still in a day and age where teams run more, especially in the first half. But if you're trailing, you really don't have that option. So what this does is if one team is, is uh, trailing or, or things of that nature, they're going to be chucking the ball more. First half, they usually get more neutral game scripts is what they call it. Um, so no team's really winning, no team's really behind, and the clock's not as much of a factor. Whereas in the second half, a lot of times you'll get, uh, you know, more high impact plays, deeper throws, things like that, because there's not a uh, you know the clock is a factor if that makes any sense. So yeah, first bet of the year, uh, first half under in the the uh, Washington football team and Eagles game uh, under 21. Biggest question for for Washington is can they stop offending people? Uh, whether that be through their sexual assault cases or their team name or just what they've done to me in my childhood. Um, yeah, that's their biggest question. How will Ron Rivera implement a new culture? Will Dan Snyder do some other terrible things? The answer is yes to that. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, can they stay healthy? Carson Wentz is already dealing with some tissue, soft tissue injury. Um, this team can make the playoffs. They can make a run, but if they're not healthy, um, obviously they cannot. Moving to the next game. Uh, Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are a team that the, the money moved towards a lot this year. So, so the betters put a lot of money towards. They are dealing with injuries, um, so they're kind of banged up for this game. Relatively, uh, final practice report usually comes out, or, or injury report comes out tomorrow, Friday. So we take this Thursday nights, and that's what we're going to do moving forward. Uh, but they are a better team than the Bears. There's no doubt about that. But injuries are, are kind of tough to, to gauge this far out from, from a Sunday start. Um, the bears are just, they, they have a really tight, uh, window of, of outcomes. I think this team wins, uh, six to, to nine games, an extremely high amount of times. Uh, they have Mitch Trubisky who's, who's pretty much been a, a bottom 15 quarterback, uh, his whole three year career. Um, 
they'll they'll go to their backup Nick Foles here within probably week four, week five. Um, so really, we'll, we'll see how Nick Foles will have an impact. Um, for the Lions, this team is the opposite. I think the Lions. I could see a world where the Lions go four and twelve, and I could see a world where the Lions go twelve and four. Um, they they if they give Matt Stafford the protection that he needs, uh, and he can stay healthy. They have Kenny Galladay is a great player. Um, they have some solid players on defense. Uh, but Matt Patricia, their coach, is a real question mark. He is not really impressed at all. But he is from the Bill Belichick. Uh, coaching tree. So we'll see how that goes. So that's a team we're definitely going to keep an eye on, uh, especially when we do these week to week podcasts. Uh, and that's a team I'm looking to jump in on. Like I said, I, last week's episode, I would bet on this team preseason if I hadn't got burned by this team and this coaching staff so many, so much in the, in the not so distant past. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them moving forward. Uh, next we have the Indianapolis Colts visiting the tanking Jacksonville Jaguars. They may be in London within three or four years. Uh, this open is a seven point spread and the is now about an eight point spread money coming in on the Colts. Um, the fact that it moved from seven to eight is big. Like I said, seven is a key number. I'm big on the Colts this year. Um, the Jaguars are obviously tanking. It's kind of hard to, to, you know, put all this in week one because the Colts very easily could just come out slow because they have no live action, but the Colts should take care of business here. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Jaguars respond. The Dolphins were pretty much an, uh, uh, a tanking team last year, but they played really hard. Their coach did really well. Uh, but it's a different type of coach with Jacksonville because um, he's a little bit older. He's been there for years, so I, I don't know if they'll buy in as much. That's something we're kind of checking in with the with the Jaguars. As for the Colts, um, we got Phillip Rivers coming out, over from uh, the Los Angeles Chargers where he spent his entire career. Uh, they have – improvements at running back wide receiver. They had the best offensive line in the league. They added to their defensive line. It's exciting. I, I could see the Colts being really good this year. Uh, the question is how good, how much does Phillip Rivers still have in the tank? Um, yeah, those, that's what we're going to be looking at. Anything come to mind here, Rob, while I get a sip of water. I'm thinking about the, the first time I heard you say this was last year, talking about the Titans, how they had a, a narrow range of outcomes. And you just said that, the Lions have a, a big range, four and 12, 12 and four is pretty huge. Now you got me thinking in terms of kind of floors and ceilings for these teams. Uh, like I wonder, you, you just talked about the Colts having the chance to be pretty good. Uh, are they, are they high variance, low variance and, and floors and ceilings? You don't have to go into it because I know you just touched on it, but uh, that framework has got me, got me thinking about it for these teams. Yeah. And it's just good to, you know, we should always be thinking probabilistically and, you know, every team has a floor and a ceiling, you know, there's just external and internal things that can either go right or go wrong. And that, that stems from good coaching decisions to freak injuries, to cluster injuries, um, in terms of like position clusters. So, uh, you know, you, if you get, uh, let's say, your linebacker, your defensive back, and your defensive end all hurt, you can survive that. But if you get three defensive ends hurt, you know, now you're playing, you know, you're signing guys off the street uh, to be in there. They're not really NFL caliber guys. So any team, every, any team's going to have somewhat of a range of outcomes. Uh, what makes certain teams higher, uh, you know, range of outcomes versus lower is, is really upside or potential uh, or lack thereof. 
mm-hmm. you know, may, maybe a, a catastrophic event. So, so in terms of a floor, like the Patriots have a really good floor because they're just a top class organization. Like in no way do the Patriots uh, win less than six games. Like mm-hmm. in, no, in no way. And, and you know, now I would be shocked if they won eleven or twelve. I mean, Cam Newton would have to be like MVP uh, version of himself. But um, you kind of just whittle it down from all right. What's best case scenario? What's what's worst case scenario? And to me, like the Bears, just I mean, is Mitch Trubisky going to go from being three years of a bottom twenty quarterback to like a they they're going to need him to be like a top five quarterback for them to do damage in the playoffs? That's mm-hmm. just extremely extremely unlikely. You know, maybe if it was his second year, you know, you usually see that sophomore jump, sometimes third year jump. But there's just like there's nothing there's no you know there's no stars to be aligned for certain teams if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. For the Colts, they have just certain factors that we talked about last episode, which is a really soft schedule, a soft division. Uh, Philip Rivers coming over, playing with the best offensive line. Philip Rivers is he is he a, you know his former self or is he over the hill? You know, so those are factors like that. Um, uh, but what raises their floor is the fact that they're well coached. They have an easy schedule, easy division. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yep. Yep. Those are the factors that go into that, but th- it's a great way to think of things because, um, a poker term is, is, uh, run it once. So, you know, a, a poker hand only happens once, you know, we know that Kings beat, you know, pocket Kings beat pocket Queens. Uh, it's a, I think it's somewhere around 80% of the time. That's great and all if you if you ran a hundred times, but it only happens once, right? So we got to think of these games as these simulations could go a lot of different ways, but they only happen once. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just trying to factor that in when we're looking at games. Uh, next, we have uh, another game. I actually have a pretty strong conviction on uh, the Packers versus the Vikings. Uh, Packers were three and a half point underdogs. So this team last year won thirteen games. They were thirteen and three. They were one game away from the Super Bowl. They got destroyed in that game. Kind of had a tumultuous offseason, but I actually think their stock is all the way gone down. Almost, too, it's gone too far down now. Uh, whereas the Vikings, um, they have a lot of cluster youth in, in their secondary, so they they had a lot of turnover. Also, their best pass rusher uh, is not going to be playing in this game. Um, this game should probably be closer to a pick 'em. Uh, maybe Vikings favored by one point, but right now the two and a half points is is. Um, you know that there's a little bit of value there. I think the real value is called a teaser. So a teaser is where we're going to add six points to the Packers. So right now the spread you would get Packers plus two and a half. You're going to add six points to the Packers, and that's going to get you eight and a half points with the Packers. Now it gets us through key numbers, right? We said the key numbers of three and seven because football games most likely um, end in variance of three points or seven points, and also it gets you the six and the four points, which is important. The problem is to use a teaser, you got to find another game to tie it to and give somebody six points with that. So the question is, is to find a game that's going to, that we can tease with, with this. And I'll talk about a couple candidates later, uh, to tease them with. I kind of only have one and I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sold on it yet. Um, and if you don't know what teasers are, I know some people from last year had questions about that. Reach out to me and I'll, I'll gladly explain them to you, but it's just another way you can bet the NFL. Um, so the Vikings have, I think their Vikings can make the playoffs. Um, I don't think they can make the Super Bowl. Um, they could be a solid team, but they, they are starting a lot of new pieces on defense. The Packers return almost everyone from last year. 
uh, where I don't think they have a high ceiling. This is still about a 10 win, nine win team. Um, you know, that type of range of outcomes, eight, nine, and 10 are probably their most common, um, wins that they end up with. So that's still above 500 team. Uh, so I, I think this is more of a 50, 50 coin flip where it's getting priced as like a, a 56 or 57, 43 type thing, uh, right now. All right, let's move on to, uh, Rob's LA chargers, uh, going to gorgeous Cincinnati. Uh, the chargers open three and a half, most places at, at three, this will probably close back at three and a half, though. Um, I actually like the Bengals this year. It's just Joe Burrow is starting in his first NFL game. Uh, and that's hard to do even when you have a preseason. Uh, Chargers have a good defense, a really good defense. Uh, it's just it's just difficult to make this jump. If this game was played in November, I think, I, and the spread was the same, I would take the Bengals. This is just a, the case of you know making your first NFL start. Uh, and it's just a, it's a large, large uh, jump. Uh, for the Chargers, they're going to have Tyrod Taylor, not Tyrod. So he went like six years in the NFL and then told everyone his name's Tyrod, not Tyrod. So I'm going to call him Tyrod, actually, because if it takes you six years to correct people on how to say your name, then you don't uh, deserve to have your name said correctly. Uh, so I, I also think he should be called Ty God. I think Ty God is the best fucking uh, nickname there is. But uh, that's for another day. Uh, so they, they have Tyrod Taylor, who who really um, gives him a narrow range of outcomes. He's a he doesn't turn the ball over. He's a mobile quarterback, but he doesn't have the passing ability that you really need to be a, a Kansas City Chiefs, a Baltimore Ravens type of team. Uh, so I think that actually benefits them in, in a game like this, where they're playing against a team that's uh, that they are better than. But you know, when they play these better teams, he's going to have to be throwing more than they'd like. Uh, which really isn't his strong suit, but he's actually a really good game manager. Uh, mobile, he can you know pick up first downs with his legs, uh, so it raises their floor, but it lowers their ceiling in my humblest of opinions. Uh, as for the Bengals, this team has tons of upside. If they were in a division that didn't have the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns in it, all teams I I expect to be good this year and and above market really on. Um, I think they could make a run, but I, I think they're not in any rush. They have Joe Burrow. They have some good pieces. Uh, it's just not going to be in 2020 and it's not most likely going to be in week one either. Uh, next we have the Arizona Cardinals going to San Francisco, uh, 49ers, unless this game, um, gets blocked out by the wilderness. Um, Arizona originally it was about nine and a half is what it opened as now it's, it's at seven. It might close below seven. Uh, Arizona reminds a lot of people of the Cleveland Browns last year, a lot of hype around Arizona and a lot of valid hype. Kyler Murray top, uh, you know, Heisman winner, number one, overall pick extremely athletic, uh, Cliff Kingsbury living the Scottsdale uh, bachelor life. Um, you know, Deandre Hopkins, they just signed, um, but they have holes and they have holes where you don't want holes. They have holes in the offensive line. They have holes on the defense. Uh, they're in a really tough division. Um, I think they might be a year away and, uh, yeah, I, I, I you know, they're going to be an exciting team to watch. I don't know how good they're going to be. And it, and it sucks because I, I do like to watch them and I want to root for them. Um, but I don't think it, it, it this is a team that that's gonna, gonna match the hype. If that makes any sense. Uh, as for the San Francisco 49ers, I think they're going to be decent. They're dealing with a lot of wide receiver injuries right now but they have one of the best coaches in Kyle Shanahan, especially for an offensive mind. Um, if this gets below seven and I can bet it at six and a half, I, I, I may bet on this and it might just be, 
half of what I normally bet just to have a little skin in the game, just something to watch a little more intently. Um, but you know, the better team at home, better coach, proven, more proven coach. Uh, I think Jimmy G, their quarterback could take a, a step forward. And, uh, but yeah, that, that's what we we'll watching with the San Fran. Do they have that Super Bowl hangover or, or do they kind of, they turn it up a notch? I'm, I'm very curious to see. Uh, and then the last day game on Sunday, we have Tampa Bay going to New Orleans Saints. Rob, have you heard Tom Brady? He plays for Tampa. Did you Did you know that? I did. I did. I'm I'm in the know on things like this. <laughs> so Tampa is very much um, like your drunk uncle's favorite team. Uh, they they like got Rob Garkowski out of out of uh, retirement. They obviously got Tom Brady. They just got Leonard Fournette the running back, which really makes no difference because running backs have such minimal impact. Um, so this team has a lot of hype. They have a lot of mis- moving pieces. Um, while the New Orleans Saints are pretty damn consistent, uh, they obviously, New Orleans doesn't have the, the Superdome crowd, uh, but you know Drew Brees is as consistent as consistent can get. Uh, you know Michael Thomas, best receiver in the NFL, and really, they're, both these teams' defenses are great. Now, the game environment, um, the Superdome, because it is indoors, they call it like a track meet. Um, it does usually yield to high uh, scores. And I do think both these offenses can be potent. But I think the Saints are just more proven, um, you know, more consistency. Tom Brady, obviously, uh, the biggest question for Tampa is, is how much does Tom Brady have? Uh, I lean towards he's not doesn't have that much. Now he's not, he's not going to ever hurt the team. You know, he, he's not going to turn the ball over stuff like that. He's extremely smart, but, um, the dude is 43 years old and he's switching teams. Obviously it's a weird off season. Um, but to me, the Patriots let him go. The Patriots could have kept him. He wanted to clearly stay in, in new England. Uh, and they, they make decisions, you know, it's very businesslike in new England. And I think they saw that now nah, we didn't, you're not worth all that money that he got in Tampa. We'll see. And I don't have the answer. We got to wait and see. And, and, and you know, this will be food for thought for next episode. And I'm, I'm excited to get answers to a lot of these questions. Uh, but uh, really, we, we don't know. There's a lot of missing parts. Um, so I'm not going to bet this game. If it got to three, I would bet this game right now. It's about three and a half. Uh, it opened six some places. It was kind of immediately bet down to four and then got down to three and a half. Um, yeah, the Saints are just more proven. Uh, if this game's maybe week six, week seven, okay, I can justify three, three and a half. Um, but week one, a um, lot of mo- moving pieces, plus the Saints being at home. Uh, yeah, that, that's my. That's all I got to say about that, as uh, Forrest Gump said. For the night game, Dallas at L.A., Rob's second team. Uh, Cowboys, I'm, I'm really high on. Um, Rams, I'm really down on. Uh, but I'm not crazy about laying three points on the road, especially in week one with so much uncertainty. If I had to pick, if this stays at two and a half, I, I would probably bet this two and a half. Um, but I'm, you know, like I said, with all this uncertainty, I, I don't really like laying points on the road this early in the season. Um, but yeah, I, I am extremely excited to watch this game. I do think it'll be a shootout. It's the second highest total of the week at 52 points. Uh, and just something to think about is, if you're if for you fantasy players out there, when you're deciding who to start, and you're kind of close between two players, you should pick the the 
player in the game environment that could go off. And what I mean by going off is they have a higher total. So if you see the Rams, the total was like 48 and a half at the beginning of the summer. Now it's 51, almost 52 points. Um, so that's got a much higher chance of being a shootout. Obviously, you want shootouts uh, for fantasy purposes. Uh, so just a little food for thought as we go over that. For the Cowboys, um, you know how how good is this offense going to be? They have a new coach, Mike McCarthy. Um, they have C.D. Lamb, who's probably the best wide receiver in their draft. He's going to be their third wide receiver. Explosive offense, Dak Prescott. Uh, just uh, he's on ESPN.com because you know I think he lost his brother this summer. Uh, which I actually didn't know and talk about his bouts of uh, depression and anxiety. Shout out to him for bringing that to light. Um, but I think he's going to have a mo- monster year. Um, he is um, a really good player and he is a contract year for him. He's got a hell of an offense. They play in a dome. And what I mean by that is controlled weather environments are better for scoring. There's no wind, um, things of that nature. Uh, their defense also got a little bit worse. So well, I shouldn't say worse, but it's not it's not a great defense, so they're going to be in more shootouts. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. Conversely, for the Rams, I think the Rams are going to be better week one than they're going to be, let's say, week six or seven. They don't have a lot of depth. They have some star players at some star positions, uh, but once injury and, of course, COVID comes in and, and takes part of their depth, um, I think they're going to run into some issues. So I, I, as much as I might bet the Cowboys in this game now, if this was like week five and week six, I would love it even more, even if it was, say, minus two or, or excuse me, minus three or three and a half. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts of those games. And then Monday night, we get two Monday night games, Rob. I know what you'll be doing Monday. First mm-hmm. week, East Coast game. <laughs> First we get the East Coast game, Steelers at the Giants. Um, Steelers are really simple. Um, the biggest question for them this year is, is Big Ben's health. If Big Ben is healthy, this team can win a Super Bowl. If Big Ben is not healthy, they can maybe make it to the playoffs and maybe steal a game, but that's that's their ceiling. Um, they have an excellent defense, pretty good uh, culture and, and coaching staff, uh, but they need the quarterback position. Um, that's pretty much all that, that is there. Um, Liam's New York Giants, uh, you know, they – Really, you can't really see them making the playoffs this year. A successful year for them would be seeing progress from Daniel Jones. Um, Saquon and Barkley, they're they're elite running back, staying healthy for a year. Uh, Some growth on both sides of the lines. Um, But they just don't really have the horses to compete this year. Um, You know, if they go eight and eight or they go seven and nine, I think that's a successful year for them. Um, that, that's really kind of, and we're going to see how they, I think Joe judge was with the Patriots for a couple of years. He's their new coach. We're going to see how they respond to him. Uh, that that's really the biggest question with the giants. And then finally we have the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I forgot to mention the Steelers that that's a, a six point spread. Most places, um, that that's pretty healthy for a road game for week one. I really wouldn't want to have to bet that, uh, that might be a live bet though, where you see, Hey, if big Ben's looking good, then yeah bet the points, even though it might be minus seven, uh, it'll be worth it. Or conversely, if he looks like shit, maybe take the Giants on the other side. Uh, the final game of the week, Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. This game opened two and a half for the Broncos. It's now at Titans minus two and a half. Uh, big news this week, Von Miller, the star rusher for the or defensive lineman pass rusher for the De- uh, Denver Broncos, pretty much out for the season with a freak injury, uh, dealing with his ankle. Uh, he'll be back. It won't be till December. Uh, they actually just, their star wide receiver actually was hurt today too. Cortland Sutton. He's questionable for this game. Uh, this is the game I might tease though, because we're getting that two and a half. If 
I tease those six points up with, with the Broncos, so they go from being plus two and a half to being plus eight and a half. So that gets us through the three, the four, the five, and the six and the seven, uh, all except for the five, which is a dead number. Those are all important numbers, the three and the seven being the most important. Uh, also, if you look at the total, the total is at 41. I think it's the second lowest of the week. Um, so you'd be getting eight and a half points um, in a game that's only supposed to score 41 points total. Uh, once again, reach out to me if you have any questions about uh, teasers. Uh, before I plug some stuff there, Rob, anything jump out to you? Um, if your life was on the line, how could you explain a teaser? Ooh, uh, the teaser sounds like you're just grabbing a chunk of points um, that exist uh, in, in the ether and you are swapping them from one game to another game. So whichever direction you go in the one game, you have to pay it in the other direction. Uh, no. But then you're, you're betting that you hit both. No. But that no. Was, it was good. It was good. It involves two games. You get the six points for both games, so they both help you. They, oh, both, they both help you. you. They both help you. Yeah, you're not – but it's just because the it's the compounding of two NFL games – Mm-hmm. Is where you have to be strategic when you use them. So yeah, you mm-hmm. get six points to your favor with both games. The the caveat is is you need those two games to go your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it is a plus EV move when you do what we just did, which is we're moving through those key numbers. It's pretty much a negative EV move if you tease in most other scenarios. I will do it in some scenarios, but it's kind of like um, you know maybe a day trader shorting stuff where it's just like leave that shit to the experts type of deal. Um, yeah, you, you pretty much only want to do it with when you see a two and a half and you're getting you're taking the two and a half through the three, uh, four, six, and the seven all the way up to eight and a half. Uh, like I said, reach out to me personally and I will gladly go over teasers. Um, I had a people do that uh, a couple people do that last year. Um, but yeah, so they both go the same direction. Right. They both so both games, instead of getting plus two and a half with the Packers and plus two and a half with the Titans, you both get eight and a half. Mm. With with both, yes, yes, yes. So, um, yeah. So, reach out to me with that. Anything else I, we went over? I, I try to keep it brief, but I look up and we're we're all at forty five minutes already. Um, anything jump out to you there, Rob? No, a lot of football. I like the idea that you put a little bit of something on one of these games, and then you you like watch it with a different eye. I like that. Uh, you you said like more awake or, or something like that, paying better attention. Whereas of course, if you don't bet and you were thinking about a bet, of course your brain is going to give you credit. Like, Oh yeah, I was thinking about that bet. Therefore I had the right idea. It's like, that nah, doesn't work. You're tricking yourself. Absolutely. It's human nature or just fucking apes. Just remember that if you learn one thing from this podcast, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said, the, I wanted to touch on every, every team just to kind of give everyone something to look at whatever game they are watching the future. We're just going to, to hit on the games. I have really solid analysis for, um, to try to keep it around those 30 minutes. Um, I'm probably lying to you again. Um, but Hey, that's, mm-hmm. that's life, you know? So what can you do? Take it or leave it. Fucking podcast is free. <laughs> that's right you cheapskates all right i'll see you guys next week uh rob uh glad to have you back from la thanks dude peace <laughs>